Hi, my name is Ruth Friedman, and I serve as the Maharat at Ohev Shalom, the National Synagogue in Washington, D.C. And welcome back to my weekly Parsha podcast, Life Imitates Torah. This week's Parsha, Shmot, big starts off the book of Shemot for us. And it tells the story of the ascension of Moshe, the birth of Moshe, and then while it leaves many gaps, the beginning of his story and how he grows to become the leader of the Israelites who will take them out of Egypt and into the promised land. And just like in Yosef's story, when we looked at Yosef, um, we talked about the Sarhamashkin, Paro's cupbearer, who speaks out in order to save Yosef um, from the prison. We also see that part of Moshe's ascent in Egyptian society was um, at because of an Egyptian who stepped out of her own role in order to save him, albeit in a much greater way than the Sar Hamashkim did for Yosef. And that is Paro's daughter, who we're referred to as Bat Paro. Now, what we know about Bat Paro is that she and her servants would go down to the river to bathe. And Considering for a moment, because I think we don't sometimes really consider this, this is the same river that baby, that Paro, her father, had just commanded that the Jewish male babies be thrown into. And we, so we don't really know what her relationship to this river is like, nor do we know what this river really looked like on a day-to-day basis if babies were actually being thrown into it. But this is a river that she knows and probably knows well, and it seems to be routine that they would go down and bathe in the river because after after all, Moshe's sister knows exactly where to find her when she sets up this um, meeting of Batparo and Moshe. So she's bathing by the river and hears a baby crying and commands her servant to go and get the baby. And she sees the boy, Vetachmol Alav, and, and she has mercy over him. She wants to save him. And then, thank God, Moshe's sister is standing there and is able to orchestrate the plan with Moshe being nursed by his own mother, um, who is actually now going to be paid for that, which I'm sure helped a lot. And then when it comes time, when Moshe is weaned and there's no longer an excuse for him to be living with his Israelite mother, his birth mother, then Bat Paro takes Moshe. And as the text and and many scholars have pointed out clearly, based on a chiastic structure and also word choice, the text is, is conveying to us pretty clearly that what happened here is an adoption process. So Bat Paro is now adopting the weaned Moshe, who is probably, you know, two or three years old, officially into her home. And the te- the Pasuk tells us, that so she calls his name Moshe because explain or explaining because I drew him from the water. Now this name raises a lot of questions. First, linguistically, well, she drew him from the water. Now, if that is the case, that he is being named for the passive role that he played in being drawn for the water, then really his name should be Mashui and not Moshe. Moshe is the active form of the word, and Mashui is the passive. And so really, if he's being passive in this process, he's being named for that passive process, his name should be Mashui. Now, also, there's a more obvious question, which is, 
why would Baparo name her son a Hebrew name, right? She probably doesn't speak Hebrew and certainly she's Egyptian. So why is his name in Hebrew? And scholars offer many different answers to this question. Just an example of a couple of them. Chizkuni says that actually it is not Baparo who names him, but the he, the, the, the pronoun is actually referring to Yocheved, to Moshe's birth mother. Um, and she gives him that Hebrew name. Um, Philo, uh, going back many, many centuries, said that actually this is an Egyptian word and it combines two words in Egyptian. The mo, the M-O part of the name means water and the uses, U-S-E-S, means saved. So actually it wasn't a Hebrew name, it was an Egyptian name that means saved from the water. Now, today I wanted to consider the scholarship of Nahum Sarna in the JPS commentary and and take it a step further beyond just the meaning, just his explanation of Moshe's, the meaning of Moshe's name, and take it a step further and read the implications of this back into the character of Bat Paro. So now, if you have that JPS commentary, um, the, the blue and green books, um, what, what Sarna explains is, first of all, that the root of MOS is Egyptian for a combination of to be born and a son. And so really, when Bat Paro adopts Moshe into her home, his Egyptian name is just connoting that she has a boy. She's adopted a boy. A boy is born. And as Sarna notes, there are records of other people in ancient Egypt with the name of Mos, M-O-S-E, which just meant, okay, a boy is born. But Sarna then notes in his next comment that the name also has this double meaning in Hebrew, that that it means that it, it has this Egyptian meaning, but also at the same time, it means something else in the Hebrew, specifically that what we talked about, that, that Moshe is being drawn up out of the water. And he also makes that same point that if Moshe was named, however, for the being drawn out, his name should be Mashui and not actually Moshe. And that what he argues, and others have argued also, is that by giving him the name of Moshe and not Mashui, Bat Paro is actually, um, it, it's this, as he calls, an oblique reference to the future crossing of the Red Sea, meaning Moshe is not just being named for his passive action of having been drawn out of the water, but also for the future active actions that he will be taking in drawing the Israelites out of the water, the Yamsuf when they're crossing it, being chased by the Egyptians. And so really, he's not just named for his past salvation that he in which he was saved, but for the future salvations that he will lead, that he will carry out to save the Israelites. Why is this important? So let's stop and consider Bat Paro's character for a moment. She is the daughter of the most powerful person in that region. And we know that this is not a benevolent leader. This is a man who is so afraid of his own ego and his own power that he is willing to decree that babies be slaughtered and thrown in the river in order to preserve that power. 
And as we said, this is a gruesome reality that she likely would have witnessed firsthand. If she's going down to that river on a regular basis, it is not crazy to suggest that at some point she would have witnessed whether a, a, a you know the killing of a baby, a baby passing by in the water, and just I mean it's it's horrific images for us to imagine what she possibly could have seen in the time that she spends by the water. She very likely could firsthand be bearing witness to the genuine cruelty that her father exhibits. But it's not enough to scare her into abandoning that baby that she finds floating in the river. Now remember, this is the same part when later, when Moshe, when he discovers that Moshe has killed an Egyptian, desires to kill his own grandson, so to speak. This is a paro who is not afraid of killing babies, but also not afraid of killing relatives. And we have to imagine that his own daughter might not be beyond the pale of that either. And yet, that fear is not enough to scare her into abandoning this baby that she finds floating in the river. She has mercy on the child and is even willing to financially support a Hebrew woman in order to nurse him. That is how much she wants to save this baby and how much it speaks to just the core of her humanity that it seems like she doesn't believe that there is any other option. And then when that baby is weaned, she takes him and marks that official adoption of him as her own. Now, if she only cared about saving his life, she would just give him an Egyptian name and call it a day and he would become integrated into her household and that would be it. But she takes painstaking care to ensure that his identity as a Hebrew, as an Israelite, is not lost on him. And how does she do that? She gives him this double name. She is able to give him this ostensible identity as an Egyptian by saying, look, a son is born. She's giving him an Egyptian name that we know others have had of Moses. This gives the impression that she's fully integrating him into Paro's household and to Egyptian life. But at the same time with this name, having a double meaning in Hebrew, she is committing a subversive act of rebellion against her father. She's saying, I'm not just giving you a Hebrew name to remind you of where you came from, of Mashui, but I'm also giving you a Hebrew name to remind you of where you are going. A name that connotes the bravery and the, the, the leadership that Moshe will have in saving his own people from the hands of her father. And not just saving them from the hands of her father, but also saving them in a moment at the Red Sea when arguably Paro himself was killed. It's not clear if he was actually killed there. Some say yes, some say no. But the very least, his entire army was. The entire structure of his dominion over that region is destroyed. And that is an unbelievable commentary on Bat Paro, that she knows what is right and what is wrong. And she has the bravery, and, and it's not even like she makes a choice, it's just something she intuits, that she has to, she will not, the, the innocence of a baby, and actually seeing that firsthand, and all of that, what that represents, immediately forces her into a position in which she is committing and she is carrying out this subversive rebellion against her father in order to save the people that he is oppressing. And his identity really does carry through. The text speaks to her own success because soon after we're told that Moshe grows up a little bit and he goes out and he bears witness to the suffering of who? of Echav, of his brothers, the Israelites. He knows that the slaves that he sees are his brothers. 
But then when he kills the Egyptian and he's forced to flee, the daughters of Yitro see him and what who they tell their father that they met? An Egyptian man. They identify Moshe as an Egyptian. So Baparo is able to successfully cultivate in Moshe an identity in which he looks Egyptian. He presents as Egyptian to those who don't know him better. But actually on the inside, he knows that his true identity is one of an Israelite. And that is all really bound up in that name Moshe. And so even though the text is only doing this, we have to comb through to find this meaning. The text is inviting us in, into really appreciating Batparo's bravery and knowing that she is actually really a true hero of the story and arguably a person without whom Moshe never would have entered into his role of leadership at the first place and we wouldn't actually have had someone to carry us out of Egypt. And she reminds us of the extraordinary bravery and courage that it takes in order to fight for what is right in the face of a terrifying tyrant who stops at nothing in order to preserve his power. Shabbat Shalom.